You are listening to Houndstooth Heroes, the fully integrated sports machine. This is the Cotton Bowl edition. Some quick housekeeping before we get started. If this is your first time, you can find us on SoundCloud at Houndstooth Heroes, obviously. Thank you to the Mothership Roll, member Roll, for allowing us to be their most unofficial podcast. Finally, you can find us on and subscribe on iTunes or on our Facebook page or on our Twitter account at H2Th Heroes. My name is Greg Dawkins. I am joined, as always, by friend and co-host, Mr. Ellis Metz. Hello, Ellis Metz. What are you drinking this evening? Gregory, it is the so-called most wonderful time of the year. Uh So I'm celebrating in style with some nog over here. Nog? Some nog tonight. That is fancy, son. Yeah, yeah, feeling good. What you got over there? uh, Got in the bullet rye. Again, mm-hmm. which has become the go-to. I've sort of made a hodgepodge of an old-fashioned, muddled some rando fruit that I found in the uh, fridge. We'll see if I end up getting poisoned. You sound oh so cultured. Uh-huh. Where do you stand on the eggnog, by the way? I hate a nog. Do you really, dude? Oh God. Well, okay. In practice, eggnog is fine, but if you know me, you know I hate an egg. So, yeah, yeah. right. I know. Mean, I know it tastes nothing like an egg. That's not the point. I just can't drink my... I mean, it just sounds gross. I don't know. It's really not that gross, but I would never buy it and drink it. But it, eggnog just sounds like a filthy thing to put in your mouth. Well, that's true. But knowing how terrible it is for you, I just assumed it would be kind of on your food pyramid right. there. You would, you would think. You oh. would think that. You would think that's the case. Uh, as usual, everything is going horrible in both of our lives, I'm sure. Although we have not touched base about it. So let's do that right now. Tell me, Ellis. What is horrible with you? Well, I was afraid you were going to start with me. See, i got to say, I'm not sure if it's this here nog oh. or, or just the college football playoffs that approach uh-huh. or these physician-prescribed steroids I'm on, but i got to say, I'm real jazzed about the podcast tonight. Are you now? Are you? Fantastic. Mm-hmm. What's uh, horrible in your life, though? Well, this happens periodically because I'm lazy. Every light in the house is out. <laughs> and, you know, and I keep... Thinking to myself, you need to go to the store and buy light bulbs. But then I realize if I go, I'm going to have to end up going again because more are going to go out. So I sit here in the dark most of the time, thinking of waiting on like two lights to go out so I can then go to the Wally World and get all the light bulbs in the world. So I'm basically just sitting here in the dark. In addition, we are under a tornado warning. So I'll maybe not only having no lights, I'm going to probably actually have no lights tomorrow. And maybe no house. So things could not be worse. You just described the premise of one of my favorite country music songs. Do tell. But, uh, but, but I will be thinking about you on a serious note and hope the weather holds off for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. All right, before the tornado strike, let's dive face first into some hot, wet Sparty action. Now, having no objective reason to hate Sparty, I took to the internet to find a reason to hate the Sparty. Mm-hmm. Now, the first place you obviously look when you're going to look for someone to hate, you look to the Ohio State message boards because, look, Ohio State hates everybody. They're as stabby as Florida State when it comes to randomly hating for no good reason. But even Ohio State did not hate Michigan State. So, surely, Michigan. Michigan's going to hate Sparty, right? Same state, their arrival, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Had to be some solid message board hate for Sparty. Nope. Michigan does not hate Sparty. The best I could find was that Michigan State holds a fierce inferiority complex. So basically, mm. we're playing a likable Auburn. So lacking any rational reason to hate Sparty, we're going to have to hate them irrationally. 
we can do that and allow me to to kick that off. Have you ever heard a Michigan State person say the word button? Button like like on a jacket? Like like a button you mash. Uh, no. It's like I can't even say it quite right, but it's button. Button. They say button. Really? Yeah. So we're gonna well, start our irrational hate there. That's reason enough to hate them. It's the I'm worst. Down. Yep. Yeah. Uh, moving on to to more uh, pressing matters. We <laughs> promised you, if you've been following the account, and surely to God you are, because you're a smart person <laughs> listening to this podcast, Dad. Uh, we promised you a comprehensive breakdown. We've been putting some stats out to kind of tease you along. And by God, do we deliver tonight. Exactly. We're going we're to dive into the Sparty schedule. Yeah. Uh, it's worth noting that the two, let's say, top-ranked teams on their schedule, uh, being Ohio State and Michigan, Sparty beat both of those teams on the final play and, in fact, never led either of those games until the final play. Yeah, oh, they did beat a nine and three Oregon uh, at home. They pulled off one of the most plodding, boring, snail oh, uh, uh, relations it resembling was, yeah. Big Ten championship game a couple of weeks ago. I think that was enough detail there. Uh, they beat the Iowa Hawkeyes sixteen to three in that one. We tried to watch it, but as I said, just. Just hardly. Dude, we were in that bar, and I was watching it, and then they would be like on the 30. I would turn away and have a long conversation, order a drink, and turn back, and they'd be on the 30. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just nothing ever happened. Second and 10. Yeah, all yeah. night. They went to Nebraska, managed to lose. I don't know how they could possibly go to Nebraska. Party lost to a Nebraska. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they're a weird team, man. They had some close games against teams they should have blown out, like Maryland. Meanwhile, they blow out teams that are actually pretty decent, like Penn State. So I honestly don't know which version of Sparty we're going to get. No, it's hard to say, and I think they have resembled us really since kind of Saban's years, where you're just not sure. I mean, they win most of their games, but you're just not sure how they're going to play on Saturday. Yeah, you can't. Lay, you know, we can both lay an egg. You never. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, all right, let's turn to quarterbacks. Apparently, the kid getting all the buzz is their quarterback, Connor Cook, who today <laughs> projected fart noise right there. It was uh, today in, in in usual fashion. Nick Saban said he is the best quarterback we will play. All obviously, year. obviously. Yeah, everybody. I, I think everybody we've played is the best at something all year. But the kid isn't bad. Obviously, uh, he got. He's getting the pub for a reason. Uh, out of 336 passes, he's hit connected 193 of them for 720 yards, a 57.4 completion rate, 24 touchdowns, four interceptions, uh, which sounds great. Until yeah, not bad. Uh, right, it sound it's good. Uh, but the much maligned Jet Coker, similar numbers. He has you know uh, Connor Cook has 306 passes. Uh, Jake Coker has 338. Who do you think connected on more passes? Well, ESPN told me Connor Cook is one of the best in the country. And yet, Jake Coker has a 65.7 completion rate. Granted, the numbers are lower. There are a lot of shorter passes. He's only at 7.4 yards per attempt, where Connor Cook's at 11 yards per attempt. And Cook has seven more touchdowns and four fewer interceptions. But nevertheless, the edge here goes to Sparty, but those are comparable numbers in my opinion, yeah? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, again, Coker has kind of been... uh, 
strengthened by our offense. Lane Kiffin's protected him a little bit and caught a lot of short passes, kind of a horizontal passing game there, but right. interesting numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good Take comparison. Let's yeah. move to my favorite side of the ball, and I know it's your favorite side of the ball, the defense. Oh, yeah. Your Alabama Crimson Tide defenders of justice and truth and all that is good in this world uh, come into this game as the fourth-ranked defense in the country. They give up just over 250 yards per game. Um, 180 of those are passed, 75-ish are rushing. So, you know, people aren't moving the ball on the ground real great against us. Right. Meanwhile, Sparty uh, comes into this game with the 46th ranked defense, 343 yards per game, so let's call it 90, almost 90 yards more per game. And I gotta say, those are against Big Ten offenses, so let's, right. let's take the, that into consideration the, as well. Let's say Alcoides. Exactly, exactly. And uh, 113 rushing yards given up on the ground per game. You know, I've only caught a couple games here and there, but it seems like we have a pretty good running back. I've heard I've heard that he might be good. Speaking of, this is getting off script a little bit, but you saw today the player of the year was one uh, McCaffrey out of Stanford. I, I saw know. that, and I know where this is going. Go on. Oh, it wasn't going anywhere. I was just pointing it out. Oh, okay. So AP, but was going, you should take it there. AP awarded their player of the year award uh, this year to one Christian McCaffrey. It was the first time that a non Heisman winner has won the award since. 2009. Are you serious? Do you remember who won the Heisman in 2009? That would that would be another University of Alabama running back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. It was one Mark Ingram, so, uh, you know, I think at some point we can just expect the announcement to come that they'll be changing this from the AP Player of the Year award to the Dan Wolken Player of the Year award. Oh, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking, I mean, look, 46 is bad. Defensively, I mean, it's, it's not, not, not horrible, but the one thing we do have to be aware of, they do have a top 10 rushing defense. It's better than Florida, but it's worse than Wisconsin. So, you know, the numbers are there defensively uh, for, you know, to be able to stop Derrick Henry for a good portion of the game. I, I think the opportunity is there for Jake Coker uh, to light up the skies uh, with the uh, Jake Coker deep ball if, you know, if, if he, can, he can manage to connect. All about that Coker deep ball. Uh, I gotta say, as as time has separated us from the SEC championship game, I've grown more and more impressed with what we saw from Florida's defense. Mm-hmm. So it does scare me a little bit to think that maybe Sparty is uh, more solid on the ground game there. But again, I think you've got to look at who they played and kind of the running backs. Yeah. They did face Ezekiel Elliott, but. That was the game that he then went to the media and complained about how few times he got the ball. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm not putting a ton of stock in that. I would have liked that's the, that's the only the comparable back they've played, and I'd have liked to have seen what Elliott could have done against them because I think we would be in the same situation. But you know, like you said, for whatever reason, Ohio State chose not to play their all-world running back against Michigan State, and so uh, we don't have that comparison to be able to make. Uh, moving on to the offense, neither one of us are lighting up the world on offense. Your tide checks in at number 39 offensively, uh, averaging 423 yards a game. Uh, pretty evenly matched, a little over 200 pass, just at 200 rush, 34 points a game. Sparty, meanwhile, is a little bit worse. Uh, 397 yards a game, they are 46th nationally. 
again, but they are heavily rely on the pass. 236 uh, passing yards to 160 rush and 31 points a game. Here, your edge again goes to your Crimson Tide. Yeah, uh, I was trying to double-check that. So they were 46th on offense and defense, eh? 40, uh, wow, that's uh, odd, but yes. That let's seems roll to be with the, it. Let's or, roll with it. Uh, I just so, made that up, or maybe I'm just stupid. It, sound, it sounds good, and a 439th in there, just a hair worse. 46 Perfect. is somewhere around there. Let's uh, do it. So, yes, have you seen this list of teams that run the ball better than Sparty? Do tell. Well, you tweeted this out, and it bears repeating. Mm-hmm. Uh, teams who run the ball better than Sparty include... The Auburn Tigers. Oh. The Arkansas Razorbacks. Oh. Uh, one LSU-led <laughs> Fournette. Okay. Followed by the Tennessee Vols and Georgia. All right. Well, Georgia got some yards. Uh, that when they had Nick Chubb. I think mm-hmm. they got about 200 yards on the ground. Uh, but that was early in the year. And I, 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 Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think... The, as the year has rolled on, this defense has gotten saltier and saltier against the run. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't seem possible, but here we are in the saltiest of defenses. Uh, so you you have to assume Coach Mike D'Antonio up there uh-huh. puts the ball in Connor Cook's hands, huh? Wow, which gives us opportunities galore for interceptions. If you were to ask me, the Falconer, the Falconer. Oh. All right. The final aspect of the game is special teams. And this, my friends, is where it gets funny because they is a disaster. Uh, I'm not going to go through all these numbers that I have written down here because there are so many. Uh, Their kick return defense is 86, allowing 22 yards of return. Um, They rank 122nd out of 127 FBS teams in punt return defense, allowing 16 in return. They're 19th, 119th in net punting at 33 whole yards. Uh, their field goal unit is in a 10-way tie for 116th out of 127 with three field goals blocked, including a blocked extra point. However, their kicker did come through in the clutch against Ohio State on the final game, the final play of the game, blessed be. And gave one of the best quotes of the college football season, which we've talked about, uh, that was the biggest moment of my life, and I effing nailed it. Exactly. Well, One of my favorites. But, yeah, and we kind of saw, you know, last year, J.K. Scott helped us stay in a lot of games. And yeah. uh, the fact that they are so low in the punting game, I think, could turn up to be a huge play for us. I agree. Uh, and, like, you know, you know, the Polish Sausage, I guess he's, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I think he's back. That. We're letting him stay. Yeah, we are. We are letting him stay. We never questioned oh, it, but now he's area, Eddie Pinheiro was with the That's biggest right. dick move of all time, but whatever. Uh, if I had to come up with an edge here, a draw, I think yeah. they could both be acceptable, but either one can be a train wreck. Yeah? Yeah, that's fair. I think the sheer number of playmakers we have, uh, plus Cyrus Jones has gone from kind of special teams goat to uh, really a huge X factor for us. I hate that term. But here we are. Uh, yeah. But but he's made a difference in a lot of games. Got us our first touchdown uh, a few weeks back, and I, I would keep an eye on him closely if I were Mike D'Antonio. Exactly, and and but thankfully we are not Mike D'Antonio. That's right. Uh, real quickly, Look, can, this talk should about, we talk about Mike? No, don't talk about Mike. 
Um, or if you can, if you want to, I don't let's care. let's have a quick coaching breakdown. Let's do it. Give me some intangibles. Give me some. Give me some uh, coaching edge. Some uh, some mindset information. Hit me well, with. Some I information. am all about a mindset and some distractions. Uh, I do have it on good source that the doctor himself, Kelvin. Uh, wow, Kelvin. Kevin Elko uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. has been in Tuscaloosa here around Christmas time, so uh, we have a very good record with him on our side, and I like to know that he's keeping our guys sharp before this game. Uh, as everyone has, will probably beat into a bush of a dead horse or something thereabout. Mm-hmm. Is that by the time anyway? By the time kickoff comes, uh, D'Antonio, of course, is a product of the Saban tree. Uh, did you know that he actually graduated from South Carolina? I did not know that. I didn't know that either. So he's a cock on top of all that. What a cock, yes. Uh-huh. Um, spent a lot of time. He was then at Cincinnati for a while. And uh, I, I actually I think he's a fairly solid coach. He had that scary heart attack incident after he called a fake okay. field goal in 2010. I'm not laughing. It's God, very we can serious. I hope we don't try to kill another coach. It's very serious. I don't want to kill a coach. No, we don't. But, but Lord, um, it tends to happen. Yeah, so so that's kind of his background. He he will take a risk, but we'll see if it hospitalizes him. Uh, right. One one intangible I'd like to discuss. <laughs> you saw the uh, video of the Michigan State player's reaction to finding out he was playing Alabama. All right, they're a little. I, I was about. I forgot to put that in here, but yes, they're a little talky. Well, so this is. There, we're talking about two incidents. Okay. And we'll get to the talky, but there's a vine going around, and I didn't buy it at first. But the more I've watched it, it is 100% what I'm about to describe to describe to you. And uh, it's you know all these teams get in like a theater or their film room or whatever to watch the selection committee go through their thing, and the second. Alabama was announced as Michigan State's opponent. The camera cuts to the Michigan State players, and there's one guy who doesn't realize he looks like an offensive lineman or, or something there about, and he doesn't realize he's being recorded, and you can read his lips, and he just goes, Damn. <laughs> it's so beautiful. We can, we can <laughs> dig it up. We'll post it back on our Twitter. It was making the rounds a couple of weeks ago when this was first announced. But uh, at first I thought, no, that's not what happened. But I think it is what happened, and I think it does speak to uh, probably memories of that. Was it forty nine to seven? Uh huh. They're about beat down uh, in the Capital One Bowl in twenty ten. When my favorite Nick Saban quote of all time was uttered, when one of the players came up to him and asked him, "How'd y'all lose three games?" and Nick Saban looked at him and said, "How'd you win 11? <laughs> Uh, I do, I do enjoy a Nikki quote. Uh-huh. All right, so but you have taken some offense to the chippiness, huh? They're talky. They're very talky. Uh, you know, they have basically said what they, everybody else has said. Of you know, well, he's just another back. I don't. I feel like we can stop him. What and whatnot, whatnot. Uh, I haven't heard a word out of us. No, uh, and I don't. I don't true. know that being chatty is going to play in your favor when you're coming in as a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. Am I right? Well, no, I think you are right. And um, I know it's interesting because we got so talky before that Florida game, and you were all a Twitter about it. Um, yes, I was a little flustered. You were a little bit. But, no, I like the fact that our team has kept silent, and I have to imagine that, one, 
the current, what do they say? <laughs> oh man, I'm, uh, anyway, the remaining strength and conditioning coach, Scott Cochran. Right. Staying at the University of Alabama, I have to feel like he will take advantage of some of these things that the Sparty has been saying. Exactly. Yeah, you have to hope so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's been, you know, I guess he is a supreme motivator, so let's hope that does work. And honestly, Saban having been there, I would also think as long as we're talking about motivation, you would have to think he'd have to walk in there and say, hey guys, don't make me look like a fool here. Come, ahead and come go out and beat these guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to think there's some motivation there for us, which we can always use. Yep, that's right. And speaking of motivation... Yes. Let's get to the part in this podcast that motivates people to listen to us blabber. Oh, you know it does. A drum roll, please. <sighs> we're going to give the people what they want. We're going to take a look at your Crimson Tide shooty hoops. Hey. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Real quickly, uh, you may or may not know, and I'm sure you do if you listen to us, we are offering uh, Houndstooth Heroes Buckle Up t-shirts. You can PayPal us at houndstoothheroes at gmail.com. It's 22 bucks, and we ship it for you for free. Uh, if you're in Orange Beach or Nashville, hit one of us up. Otherwise, we will send it to you. But before, after that, let's take a look. Your Crimson Tide went to the Vulcan Classic in Birmingham, Alabama, for to play the Oregon Ducks. And, well, it didn't go as well as we'd like. Uh, they started really strong. Uh, they came in hot, shooting 19 of 34 in the first half, built a 12-point lead. But the Ducks came out in the second half on fire. Went on an 11-0 run as time wound down. The Tide drained a three to tie the game with five minutes to go. But mm -hmm. then the Ducks proved too much and pulled away with a 72-68 to win. Yes, and I'm sorry. I was trying to say earlier, and still, strength and conditioning coach Scott Cochran. I needed to get that out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the shooty hoops are obviously my main focus when it comes to gumping. Uh -huh, so uh -huh. I will say it was cool to see them play in Birmingham where friend of the program, Hunter L. Johnson, got to hang out with one Bubba Sparks. I did see that. I did see that. That looked nice. Uh, but I would suggest that they not hang out anymore because it did not go as well as, as what They just have to sit on different sides. We know this. Uh, exactly. Uh, we, we've, we've got that to a science. But if, there's one good, if there is such a thing as a good loss... Uh, this is it. The Ducks were ahead of the tide in the RPI. Uh, we came in the game in the mid-20s. A neutral site loss to a team better than you is not going to hurt you. It's going to leave you right there. Uh, and I haven't checked RPI today, but I'm confident we're still in the mid-20s. Uh, next up, your tide will take on two of the worst teams in college basketball in Jacksonville, Jacksonville State and Norfolk State. So mm. we should be looking at a 9-3 record uh, heading into conference play. And uh, this looks like it could be... Finishing in the top half of the conference, and if that holds true, uh, your Tide could be a bubble team coming into the NCAA tournament time, which is well more than any of us, any of us could have asked for. Oh, those sweet, sweet bubbles. Gotta love it. All right, well, there's one other sport that we uh, need to go ahead and start paying attention to because it's on the horizon. Your favorite and mine, baseball. Talks to us about baseball there, Ellis Matt. That's right, yeah. The preseason rankings recently came out, and... Per usual, per everyone expected, uh, the top 30 is just littered with SEC teams. Florida came in as number one, Vandy right behind them at number three, and number five was Texas A&M. Uh, rounding out the top 10, LSU was seven. Your Tide, not so much. No. Not so much. We have 
a brand new baseball stadium down there on Paul W. Bryant Drive. If you haven't seen it yet, it is going to be a beaut. Uh, and and you gotta you gotta think new stadium, plenty of opportunities before this. This is kind of Mitch Gaspard's last gasp to do something, right? Yeah, I mean, we put it out on Twitter today. Uh, you know what's what exactly is this for? How how what is the worst that he can do to keep his job? And uh, a friend of the program, Charlie Pond, piped in. I think Charlie probably has probably hit the nail on the head. He has to go to go to a regional and win it. Uh, I don't know that he has to win a super regional, but he does have to go to a regional and you know if it's nearby and it, it probably will be and he has to win that regional what do you think yeah i i agree with charlie and you there um you know that would make us one of the final 32 teams so it's not asking the world but it is a steep challenge uh I, there is a camp including friend of the program cm Dausch, who uh-huh. uh believe that he has earned another year you know last year was tough we had some brutal injuries and didn't play a whole a home game all year as we were stuck out in Birmingham. But uh, I think the way Alabama athletics are moving, baseball needs to keep up. And I'm not sure Mitch Gaspard's our guy. Yeah, and then, and, that's, and that's the thing, not just baseball, but whenever a team, collegiate, professional, whatever, debuts a new stadium, they always do well. And I mean, don't you think? And they always exceed expectations in that new building because people show up, mm-hmm. they're excited, everybody's excited, and they do better than mm-hmm. you're supposed to. And if they don't, I'm sorry, this was your chance, and you blew it. So be gone. Fool. You're absolutely right, and you got to think all the boosters and supporters and big-time athletic folk will be at a lot of these games, and uh, we'll need a good showing. Exactly. All right, well... Once again, my boy Ellis Metz has failed through <laughs> with the what are those. What are those? Exactly. The what are those is I'm where just looking at my own feet. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So we'll move on. We've, we got through all the other bowl games involving conference teams last week. So we're going to just focus on the pick, the pick, the Cotton Bowl pick. We've got your Cotton Bowl pick right here. Your Tide is favored by nine and a half points. The total is 46. So Vegas is predicting 28-17, 28-20 sort of affair. I believe you have some sort of stat on Saban teams hitting the over in bowl games, yes? Saban teams, I believe this is from our Nuggets last week, are 8-3. and three. Does that sound right? Seems like 8-3, 9-2, something like that, yeah. Something, yeah, something like that. Uh, so the over has been big. A lot of that, of course, is kind of... Uh, weighted down by some blowouts that we've suffered and given. Uh, but, yeah, the over seems like a good pick. All right, yeah. All right, I, I will start, and then you can uh, Please. follow up with some actual knowledge because I have none. Uh, my thoughts are for Sparty to get 20 points, Connor Cook has to have one hell of a game. I think he'll be good because he has to be. Uh, Florida didn't score any points, but had they not had a Treon who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn – I think they could have scored some points, and they but they didn't. Uh, so I think Sparty has a chance to get to twenty. I don't think they do. I think that you're tied. It's I think the num- the Vegas number is about right on, but I think the Tide may end up end up with a garbage touchdown at the end of the game. My number is thirty four sixteen. Where you at? You know, I think I think there is a. I'm going to give it a fifty fifty shot. 
Well, it's all right. I'm not even going to give it a shot. I really like your pick. I think there's a good chance that we come out strong. I love the fact that we're going to be well rested. Uh, the simple bye week between Tennessee and LSU looked like it created an entirely different team uh, just over the course of, I guess, 14 days of rest. So we're going to be working on closer to 24-ish now. Uh-huh. Math is so hard. I know, right? So I do think we'll be physically rested. I think uh, it. this will have been a really valuable time for Jake Coker to have sole practice with the receivers. I mean, if you think back to spring and even fall up until the Ole Miss game, he was kind of splitting reps with Cooper Bateman back there. Uh, so this has been a really valuable time, I have to imagine. That said... I think while we'll be physically rested, I'm worried about the team coming out a little mentally rusty. Uh, I could see, Lord, I hope we don't try to throw O.J. Howard the ball again, but you never know. You Mm -hmm. never know. I heard somebody say about him this weekend, I just thought he was going to be a black gronk. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a great, I mean, we we all hoped for that. Yeah, not at uh, all. No, no, we haven't seen any sign of that. Um, You know, I think Derrick Henry easily, easily. Do you, are you going to go over under, let's say, 140? I will go over 140. Hmm. I I just think, I I haven't seen anybody that's able to stop him. That's true. And of all the games, I imagine we probably ride him this Uh game like he has never been ridden. Poor guy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, um, that, that, and honestly, that gives the, this is getting the cart ahead of the horse. But in the event that happens, we only have a 10-day turnaround. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd rather him not be written as hard if it not be necessary. I agree, and, and we know we will leave him in till the last second of a game that's put away. I know, right? Uh, let's not get started. I'm getting off topic here. All um, right. So all that to say... Oh, man, I'm wavering. So I wanted to pick a really close game, and I wanted to put our boy, the Polish Sausage, in the limelight and say he comes through the final second when we need him. But I really think we're going to win a little bigger than this. I do think Michigan State, we've given up some crap touchdowns, Uh real crap touchdowns, and I think they'll get at least one, if not two of those. I mean, if I'm an opposing coach watching game film, I'm looking at – Ohio State doing some gimmicks, running a running back pass, different things like that, looking yeah. at that. Uh, so I think I'm going to put Sparty at 23, and you're tied at 31. 31-23, tied does not cover. Uh, I guess that does hit the over. Math is yeah. hard. Uh, I've got us hitting the over, not quite covering, but uh, I, I feel pretty good. You feel good? Yeah, feel good, feel good, feel good. All right. Uh, well, I guess we'll find out on New Year's Eve. Uh, the Oklahoma Oklahoma Clemson game is the early game. Your Todd is the late game at seven o'clock. Uh, thank you as always for joining us on Hounds Tooth Heroes. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter at H Tooth Heroes. Listen to us on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Another big, big shameless plug to Wild Bill's Wing Sauce. Uh, you'll be the first to know, but we could be getting into some ventures with them with the Nick Saban of Wing Sauces here in the future, and uh, we will let you know how that goes. Uh, FYI, a friend of the show, Charlie Pond, found the sauce in Birmingham, so get on wildbillsauce.com and find out where it's available near you. Thank and you for me, listening. I'm going to yeah. throw off your rhythm. Let me jump in and say, if you're in Birmingham, be sure to check out that bowl game coming up this week. Oh, yeah. Auburn Tigers traveling Auburn to Birmingham. 
Tigers and Tigers, you know. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week for a recap of the Cotton Bowl and hopefully a preview of the National Championship game. Until then, y'all be good or be good at it. Take us home, brother. Ooh. All right. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays, Gumps. Y'all be good. Roll Tide.